it's okay to be how you are to come to church. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Because it will just be a matter of time that God will touch you. All right? Men, men cannot save men. It is only God that can save. Amen. So, your looks shouldn't be a hindrance to coming to church. Amen. Amen. Our first impression about people who um, have these tattoos and then have dress in very funny ways and have very funny hairstyles um, it's, it's, it's somehow very weird because most of in the moment we see them we've already judged them in our minds right we just say she's going to hell or he's going to hell this one even the devil will not receive her Amen. And, and it happens so much that even in the house of God, when such people are even entering into the church, there's a different way the ushers receive them. Yeah, there's a very funny way the ushers receive them. <laughs> Amen. And, and very interestingly, every one of us here have some point in our life criticized these people in our minds, true of us. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you go for lectures and you see somebody with a certain kind of dress and hey. <laughs> and so and so by far we have reduced Christianity or we have reduced serving God to our appearance. Alright? I'm not saying appearance looking decent and looking chest is but no that is the right way to go but to some extent we have reduced the entire christianity to how people look on the outside outward or outside and so people that commit the most grievous sins are those who wear suit and tie people that fornicate the most are those who wear Jalabia with hijab with I'm not mentioning nobody's name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And and this this kind of stereotype has really prevented us from getting close to these kind of people and bringing them to Christ. And as a result, we have ended up pushing them very far away from God. Because they do not see themselves worthy to come into the presence of God. You invite somebody to church and the person will say, all my dresses are short. I can't come with you to church. Haven't you experienced that before? Yeah. You go to church and you go and invite somebody and say, I have a tattoo. I don't think I'm, 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 I can be accommodated in your church. But should that be the case? Should that be the case? I was telling them in the room that we see these very powerful musicians and people that sing and instrumentalists that we even admire. And which some of them have braids on, they're male. And some of them have earrings and some of them have pierced. All the, but can you give me an example of those artists? Uh, but when they sing, right? 
may God forgive you. <laughs> Amen. But when they sing, it is powerful. And all of us sing their songs at some point in time. Right? And, and these people, like I was saying earlier, have been pushed so much deeper into the world. And it is becoming very difficult to draw them back into the kingdom of God. And, I, and I'm praying and I'm hoping that by the time we are done after a number of years or a number of attempts to propagate this, we'll be able to catch in a lot of people. And I didn't even know that they said there's a church that has that kind of congregation. Yeah. Where is a typical the pastor Enoch, right? Yeah, I learned his youth are very yes, yeah, UIC. So I, I was asking them what his past was. And I hear that he had a very terrible past, like very stubborn and all that. You get me? Yeah, he was he was a gangster. Amen. Now I anytime I sit down to think about the church, I I see the church in the light of a hospital. Right? I see the church in the light of a hospital. Where both the sick and the healthy go for care. True or false? So you have the sick people going there for healing or going there for diagnosis and for prescriptions to treat their illnesses. And then you have those who are already healthy also going into the hospitals to go and do checkups and do routine, whatever, whatever. Right? So it doesn't mean that everybody you see in the hospital is sick. And it doesn't also mean that everybody you see in the hospital is healthy. Or is, yeah, is sick and is healthy. Right? So the church is the place where we should be able to accommodate both the sinners and the righteous. Put the sinners and the righteous. Such that we can make room for people that are already righteous and want to build up their faith. The church is a place where we should receive both the sick who are the sinners and the righteous. So, we should be able to accommodate those who come here with all forms of behavior. Praying and hoping for them that one day they will see the light. The church is not only for the righteous. I, I beg to differ. Those who believe in that, I don't believe in that. Because where will those people hear the messages to transform and, and be changed? If you, have, if you are sick and don't go to the hospital, what happens to you? You eventually die. So if you are a sinner and you don't run to the church, what will happen to you? You eventually die and go to hell. And if you are a righteous person, you also have to be in church. So, if you go to the hospital and you see both the sick and the righteous, they are all in a queue going to see one same person, the doctor. And we, the sinners and the righteous, all come to church, sit in the same place, all in a queue waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ. Why then do you discriminate against one another? Why then do you 
look at somebody and judge the person in your heart and your mind and think that you will go to heaven and the person will go to hell. <laughs> As if you have the records of the book of death and life. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I making some sense? I'm, we, are, we are building a case here. We are building a case here. So, we, we have to start by making the church a conducive environment for people to always come into it. God does not hate the sinner, but hates the sin. He doesn't hate you as the individual, but he hates the deeds you are committing. So, why then do you have hatred for the individual and not hate the thing that the person is doing and help the person out? Question. How many of us have not witnessed to somebody because you think the person is far gone in sin? All of us. All right. All you need to do as an individual is to go and sow the seed. That is the word. When you get into the hospital, the doctor gives you the prescription. He diagnoses your problem and gives you a prescription. And that helps you out to get your healing. So if people walk into our midst and we can help them by identifying their weaknesses and their problems, we have to help them and lead them like the nurses. So we are like nurses leading them to the doctor. That's what we are doing. But you have turned yourself into the doctor and diagnosed, acquainted, discharged, everything. Amen. Now, throughout Jesus' life, he was criticized so much that or he was criticized because he was always found with sinners. They even at a point said he claims to be the Messiah, yet he's always working with sinners. In other words, the Pharisees believed that they only walk with like-minded people. So the scripture some of us will be quoting and be saying or be repeating every day, do not be equally yoked with unbelievers. So I cannot relate to you. No, 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 no. You are, you are quoting that scripture out of context. Don't be equally yoked. It just means that don't be doing what they are doing. It doesn't mean they cannot be your friend. But if they are going to drink, you can go and sit down and drink with them. There should be that distinction between you and them. Does that make sense? So the Bible says that in the book of Luke chapter 19, that Jesus was going into the house of Zacchaeus. And the Bible says the bystanders, those who were observing, were those who were accusing Jesus. But look, when Jesus got into the house of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was glad. In other words, if we welcome the sinners into our midst, they will be glad. 
Oh, I met some people. If you go the extent to bring those people into the house of God, they will be glad. Reason. They will now see themselves as worthy to be in the presence of God. Because Zacchaeus didn't ever dream about it. That the Messiah and the Christ will ever dine with him. And look, after Jesus had gone into his house, the Bible says that he had salvation. Salvation. You don't expect the people to have salvation in the club. No. You don't expect the people to have salvation in the drinking bar. No. The only place they can have the salvation is in the church. It is when we go out and witness to them. Not judging them. I always tell people that there's a very thin line between you who think you are righteous and the one who is not righteous. Very thin line. It is either you have not been tempted to that level where he or she failed for the temptation. You have not been tempted to that level. You have not found yourself in a place where a guy is about to rape you. You have not found yourself in that situation before. So you cannot understand if the person broke the virginity in a painful manner and I decided to let it go, free will. You can't understand. Because you have not faced that problem before. You have not found yourself in a position where you are about to lose your, 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 your scholarship or your admission or something. For which you, you I'm not saying it's justified. No, don't, don't, take, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's justified. But peradventure, the faith of the person was not as strong as yours. So the person gave in. Then you judge the person. A jamine dear, only a jamine your classmates. <laughs> Amen. Am I am I breaking some 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 conscience here? And I believe that a lot of people will see me and say, "Hey, you're so full." <laughs> Amen. So so Jesus went into the house of Zacchaeus. And he had joy. And the Bible says in the book of the same Luke chapter 9, 19. It says, And Jesus Christ came to seek the loss. He came to seek and save the loss. That's what Jesus Christ came to do. And that's what we should be interested in. Is to seek for the loss and to help them to be saved is it not to seek them and criticize them not to seek them and judge them but to seek and save the lost amen Luke chapter 7 verse 36 we are reading to verse 50 stood at his feet behind him weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her head with the hair on her head and she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil now when the pharisee who had invited him saw this he spoke to himself saying this man if he were a prophet would know who and what manner of woman this is who is so the pharisee that he's a prophet he has seen beyond the spirit 
For she is a sinner. Mm -hmm. And Jesus answered and said to him. So Jesus answered his thoughts. The man didn't speak out to. Mm. He was speaking to himself. Listen, Jesus will answer your thought to. You have been judging those people in your head. I, I, sometimes, some, I don't know if this has happened to you before. Sometimes you are judging somebody you now and then and another thought will come. But you yesterday, you went to do... Uh, has nothing happened to you before? You can relate, eh? Hey. When you are seriously judging the person, she says, I suggest. Then, then, then the Holy Spirit will just remind you. But you, yesterday, you were in. Some of you, it's not because of it, it's jealous you. <laughs> you wish you could have been dressing like that, but what did I mean? So much chill, you know? We can't, we can't go life. All right, please continue for me. And Jesus said to him, mm -hmm. Simon, I have something to say to you. Mm -hmm. So he said, Teacher, say it. Then Jesus said, There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. Mm -hmm. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And, he, and when they had nothing, nothing which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair on her head. You gave me... Hold on. So like I was saying earlier, the things that these people can do for God or for other human beings or other people, even we who call ourselves Christians will never do. We who call ourselves Christians will never do. I'll share with them that this lady friend of mine is into education and she, she has a school of a sort or whatever. And she's doing literacy for people in the villages and all that. She goes as far as Dambai, Ketakrachi, wherever, wherever, those villages. And it's not like she has accommodation over there. She sleeps under trees just because she's interested in the well-being of other people. I looked her in the face and I told her that, Patrice, this one, me, it is my country. She's not Ghanaian. It is my country, but me, I won't go that extent. I should go and sleep under that tree. No, 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 no. No, I won't. And that's the extent some of these people that we criticize can go. I have a friend who is an atheist. She doesn't believe in God. And the girl is a human being. If you say a human being, a human being. Human being. Let me explain what I mean by human being. You are confused. She is a human being. She is down to earth. She she can go any extent for anybody. Some of you who call yourself, you are not human beings, though. You are not human beings. How do you go? Hey! And I, was, and I was telling them that in, in Yahweh Temple Hatch Assembly House, we, we have a yearly outreach we do. Last year, she was there. She came all the way from home. I just told her, no, she saw my, my status. And that was it. She said, I'm coming. She came with a friend. This year, she's coming again. 
And I'm like, it's not like we give her TNT. It's not like she just comes to help because she's interested in the lives of people. When was the last time you, Christian, seated here, went out of your way to help somebody? Even when somebody is asking you for help, you refuse the help. Listen, Christianity is not looking shepherd, looking good and coming to sit here. No. Aside the, the only rule, which is to accept Christ as a Lord and personal Savior, for which I know my friend the atheist has a problem. Right? Yes, I know she has a problem with that. Okay? Apart from that, you must work out your salvation. And working out the salvation includes being good to people. Your deeds cannot save you. You have to accept Christ as a Lord, your personal, as a Lord and personal Savior. However, after you have accepted your Lord Christ as a Lord and personal Savior, there are things you need to do as a Christian. Jesus Christ was trying to tell the Pharisee that even you who call yourself a righteous person, when I came to your house to visit you, you did not receive me well. You did not receive. In any case, you invited me to come into your house. I didn't come by my own will. You invited me to come. However, you didn't receive me well. It was a custom that you give the people water to wash their feet, to wash their hands, to perfume them. Because they, they believe that the people are traveled from far. So, it was expected of this Pharisee to do the same. But this man didn't do it. And when somebody came and was doing it, then they are criticizing. Oh, can I tell you something? You are in the church and then we need money to do something. You won't give us. You have taxed somebody as a sakawa boy. The person will come to church and then at one service, the person will freely give. And then you say, ah, show boy. Sakawa. You will say all manner of things. All manner of things. Sometimes it is hearsay, hearsay. You yourself, you have not seen the person sitting behind the computer doing sakawa. But because people have said it, I don't know if the Pharisee himself has seen the woman practicing prostitution. I don't know. Yet, the man has said the woman is a prostitute. That's what a lot of us do. You have not seen the person doing whatever you are accusing the person of doing. Yet, you have held on to the rumor and the news you are hearing. You have held on to the rumor. And you have become a, 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 a siren or megaphone. And you are announcing it more than the people that have been told you. Hey, have you heard? They said this girl in the class sleeping with a lecturer. Hmm. Yeah. This matter, eh? Mm. And sometimes you go deeply down into the situation and this girl is a Christian. The girl they're accusing that sleeps with her like, it's a Christian. The girl wakes up in the morning to do her devotion. Steps out of her room. And then you accuse the person of sleeping with the lecturer. Amen. Please read on for me. After this, we are going to do something. We'll be doing something. We'll be going out and we'll be reaching out to people like that. 
and we will bring them into the house of God. We have to learn to change the narrative. We have to change the narrative. And, and this lady friend I'm talking to you about, guess who reached out to her? Apostle General. So if Apostle General went down to reach out to this lady, who, who are you? Because it was through Pastor Papa I got to know her. Alright? So, so, so listen, people who are healing the blind and healing diseases, raising the dead, are reaching out to people with tattoos. You here who have not even like you have not even ah, you have not even prayed that God should give you ten cities and the ten cities have never come. You don't even have such a testimony. And you can criticize people. Ah. Amen. Please finish the scripture. Let me wrap up. You did not anoint my head with oil, mm-hmm. but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Hmm. Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Question. Go in peace. They are asking who is this that forgives sins, but they they, they can judge somebody. That's, that's what a lot of us do. So this, this is a very, very, very clear example about us. The two, the two sides of the coin. FRC invited Jesus Christ to come and have dinner. And the Bible says, as they had a dinner, a woman walked up to Jesus. And that woman was seen to be a prostitute, according to what the FRC was saying. And then in his mind, he was even asking, who is this? Why is this Jesus Christ accommodating these people around them? Around him? Why? And and so the, there are two types of people always in the church. The first group of people are those who, see, who are the Pharisees who see themselves as prim and proper. See themselves as holier than thou. Holy co. Those kind of people who even Whoever sits on their left and their right, they are very, they are very selective. They are very selective. If they turn to the left and they realize that the person sitting there is not who they think is, they will stand up and pretend they are going to urinate. Come back and change their position. Yeah. You have not met such people before. There are people who are extreme. Pharisees. Who will judge everything that people do. Charge you. And the Bible says that this Pharisee said this woman is a prostitute. And what a lot of us have been doing. And there's another group of people who are the prostitutes. Who are always ready to go into the presence of God broken and ready to receive from him. 
So the Bible says that two people went into the temple to pray. One tax collector and one Pharisee, teacher of the law. And the Bible says that the, the, the Pharisee was praying and said, God, you know, I thank you that I'm not like that man standing there. I thank you that I am righteous. I've been obeying your details and your commandments. You know, like, as I said, you know, like God, you and I, we've always been like, yeah, Abby, you know. Yeah. Then there was this one who was a sinner and the Bible says that he was so unwed and didn't, couldn't even raise his head to look up unto God and had bent down his head and praying for forgiveness of sins. Praying for forgiveness of sins. Sometimes when we come to church and we see people crying on the altar and then all chill will be. One dead that Jesus has died 3,000 years ago. Would it be an You don't know what the person is going through. There's that group of people that are always broken and want to come into the presence of God. And if you are found in that place, listen, Jesus Christ did not deny access to the prostitutes. It is so that Jesus will not deny you access into his presence. The Bible says we should come boldly into his presence to obtain grace and favor and mercies. Christ came to die. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon his head. And by the stripes that he suffered on the cross, we are healed. If you find yourself in the category of those who are the prostitutes or the tax collectors who are not worthy, listen, Christ has given you access into his throne room. Because when he shouted the second time, the Bible said the veil tore, the curtain tore from top to down. The curtain that separated the holies of holies from the ordinary people. And the Bible said that it gave him access. It gave him access. It gave people access to enter into the glory of God. That's the same time as well. Very short message. Amen. Amen. So Christ has given you access into his glory. Christ has given you access. Don't let somebody sitting beside you suppress you. Assuming the prostitute had listened to the Pharisee or had considered how the Pharisees were going to look at her or how they were going to despise her, she wouldn't have received her salvation. Listen, don't let anybody sit upon you. When you come into the church and you don't look at, you are not, people feel that you are not worthy to be in the church. Listen, that is not the time to be mourning and be thinking about people who are thinking about you. Enter his presence with boldness because he has given you access to obtain mercy.
Some of you, when you are coming, you are thinking about how other people have dressed so well and have not dressed so well. But Christ came to give you access. He's asking everyone to come. Every single individual, come ye all. Everyone. He didn't say, he's selecting those people who will come into his presence. The same Christ who was with the disciples who were doing the things of God. It's the same Christ who was with the sinners. Same Christ. The same Christ who met the Pharisees, teachers of the law. The people who saw themselves to be righteous. It's the same Christ. Today, Christ has resurrected. The death and the resurrection is the fundamental of our Christian faith. Is the basis for our Christian faith. And that is what we have to stand upon and be interested in the lives of other people. So the Bible says that who among you has 99 sheep and one is lost and will leave the 99 and go after the one? How many of you here have seen people backslide and you have just neglected them and left them to rot and have not been interested in going after them to go and seek and save them? How many of you? How many of you? You are interested in the 99 that you have. And he said, Obekwa Onko. Every soul is precious to God. The Bible says, when a soul is won, heaven rejoices. Think about the people that have gone far away. People that used to come to church but some, some reason or for some reason they stopped coming to church. They, they are the one that God is saying we should go back and seek for them. Leave the 99 and run after that person. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ gave a parable of a prodigal son. The Bible says he left home, took all his riches, took his part of the property, his inheritance, and left the house. And that's what a lot of us have done. God has blessed you some more. No, you think you have come, have arrived. Arrived. And the Bible says that when he went, the money finished. Some of you have gone. And I'm a pim, I clear. Are they The sun is out. You have realized the way Dim Kwasiasem. Amen. And this guy went and everything was finished. And it got to the point where he was eating with pigs. Then the Bible says he came to himself. Can I tell somebody here? It is okay to go far. But there is a point where you need to come into yourself. You need to come to that realization that Christ is still waiting for you. God is still waiting for you to come back. The Bible says he came to himself. And he said, even the servants in my father's house, they have enough to eat and to spare. And I am here. 
Christ has enough room for you. He has enough room for you. You think you have gone far. Yes, you have gone. It's okay. You can have a tally of the boys you slept with. You can have a tally of the people you stole him from. You can have a tally of the number of times you cheated. It's okay. But the Bible says that he came to himself and went back to the father's house. And listen, one thing the father did, when he saw him, he opened up his arms, received him, and he changed his garments. Can I tell you something? The garments that the people will come into the house of God with, God will change their garments because you have brought them into the fold. I brought them into the fold. When they come with however they look, and you show them love, and you show them compassion, it will just be a matter of time for them to be accepted and change over. Change over. Like the prodigal son, we are going to go out and look for those who are lost. When you get back home, start writing the names of people that you know used to come to church, Rosa. And for some reason, they have stopped. It's not like they have joined another church and it's active. They have stopped church. They are the ones we are looking for. That is the essence of Christ coming to die for you and I. That is the reason why God came to die. Went on the cross, was crucified, was bruised, was spat upon. His side was pierced. Not for you and I to come and sit down in the warming pews and chairs. But for us to take up the mantle, run and go and seek the loss. We want to bring everybody in into the kingdom of God. If you are saying, come ye all. If you are seated here and you feel like you are not, you are not worth sitting here, I came to tell you, Christ needs you. Christ needs you. Christ needs you. Christ needs you. God needs you. And you are the one he's looking for. The 99 he has left is seeking after you. Don't look at what people tell you and don't look at how people treat you. Don't be interested in the tag people have placed on you. But be interested in your salvation with God. Because Christ has died and he has resurrected. And today, you and I have resurrected with him. Oh, I, I just heard one amen. I said, you and I have resurrected with him. 